Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you guys have Trader Joe's items that don't exist anymore that you miss that you used to be in your rotation, but now are gone? I don't think that they do the pesto quinoa anymore. That was a pretty good one. (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with pesto quinoa? I don't know. You don't like quinoa? You don't like pesto? I like like basil? I I like quinoa and I love pesto. I don't, for some reason, the two of those together doesn't make my tummy feel good. It was great. (laughs) You could just, it just came in a little jar. You could like put it on a cracker. It's great. Well, I'm really happy for you, Sean. I'm glad you found that. No, you're not. Go, go eat an anchovy radish sandwich and tell me you, you don't have diabetes. <laughs> just from the sound you made getting up. Just the sound you made when you stood up. Out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed, call Andy and Kelly for your business paper needs or Dundermiff. Then the people purchase paper, people Dundermiff. Then the people purchase paper, people Dundermiff. Then the people purchase paper, people. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host and loader at Senor Lodenstein's, Sean Roney. And I'm Edwin Janes, and then my last job was at a Taco Bell Express, but then it became a full Taco Bell, and I don't know, I couldn't keep up. And with us is, as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. Right. My mom? You need to drop it, okay? They hate it. I like it a lot, but they hate it. Drop it. (laughs) (laughs) Every week we get together and talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office. Uh, This week... We have a character pairing. We'll be talking about Kevin Malone and Aaron Hannon. Uh, then after that, we'll be heading to the... Uh, actually, before that, we'll be heading to the conference yeah. room um, for a little sneak peek at uh, at our Patreon episodes because we have some leftover mailbag uh, questions to answer. Um, and then we'll head to the conference room for uh, a little bit of ordinary things. But, Two trips uh, to the conference room, you say? I guess I guess so. We'll start in the conference room, then we'll go out of the conference room. Oh, I got it. Bullpen. How about we go back to the annex, mm. clean up our Patreon stuff, and then we go to the conference room? Huh? What say we Come do? On. What say we do? Uh, before we conference get into room, all that. The room that's so nice, we went to it twice. Manhattan is yeah, the yeah, other yeah. name. <laughs> uh, before we get into all that, Alex, do we have any housekeeping to start off with? Uh, no, not much. Um, you know, <laughs> time keeps ticking along. We keep getting older every day, mm. one step closer to death. 
but also one step closer to a fuller life. And uh, one way you can create that fuller life is by joining our Patreon. Uh, join the Scott's Tots on patreon.com slash Michael Scott. As, as Sean mentioned, uh, it's an exclusive club. You know, we just just cool people getting together, doing cool stuff. Uh, is really all that's going on there. I'm talking about exclusive monthly mailbag episodes, which you're going to get a little feel of today. Uh, ad-free episodes, uh, bonus series where we talk about other shows. Like, if you're tired about uh, listening to us talk about The Office, hear us talk about some other stuff. Little Ted Lasso, Little White Lotus, Little Party Down, uh, some unreleased episodes, some... The Bear. Some un- The Bear. I forgot about The Bear. Cousin. Uh, <laughs> all sorts of all sorts of good stuff, uh, not to mention some exclusive Discord channels. And while I mention Discord, join our Discord, folks. Um, you don't have to be a Scott's Tot. There's, there's tons of... The public is welcome. Come on in. Connect with fans. Things are moving and shaking in there. And... Uh, We've had some people ask, like, how do I join? So every every episode description from whatever podcast app you're using, if you the description of each episode will have a link to our podcast uh, or to our Discord to join. So check that out if you if you don't know where to go. Um, it's also in our Instagram bio. It also yes, also our Instagram bio. We we do have an Instagram. Uh, we're very cool, very hip, and uh, I guess let, let's parlay this straight into. Uh, into Patreon. So, like Sean said, what we're going to do is we we recorded our monthly mailbag episode uh, last week, and we all had hard outs. We just we we weren't we went about two hours and we weren't able to get to every question. Had the first time, guest. first time in a couple of years, we had a special guest, Allison from Lady Justice Brewing. Um, it was awesome. She did fantastic. She got a lot. She got a lot of kudos and well a lot deserved. of applause in the Discord. Very well yeah. deserved. She was a joy. Uh, really to have fun. on the show so hopefully more of that in the future a fun um, and very natural addition to our show which was amazing so thank you again yes. for joining us allison yep um that said so what we're going to do is uh we decided well the, the all the questions we didn't get to on our exclusive mailbag episode we're just going to do them on the main feed this week so just a handful of questions um but before that uh this week's episode kevin and aaron is informed by Someone in our Patreon, one of our tots, Jemima from uh, from Norway, who wrote in and said, Hey, lads, medium time listener and very new tot here. Uh, I have an episode suggestion, Kevin and Aaron. In addition to their unique dynamic together, they also fulfill much of the same situational roles as the mandatory, quote, dumb person in the group. Gender becomes a very defining differentiation between them, with Aaron being a very quote-unquote, stereotypically dumb woman, naive, uneducated, but very sweet. Kevin, on the other hand, embodies the classic male stupidity, greedy, loud, confidently unknowing. Would love to listen up and hear your guys' take on the situation. Love from Norway. (laughs) From Jemima. Uh, We were like, that's just a character pairing we've just never really considered. uh, We've never really talked about, thought about. That's um, right. We decided this is a great it was suggestion. worth. It, instantly, we decided to yes do our main feed episode. On it was this. worth the the full discussion. So we definitely wanted to explore it more on the main feed. And yep. then um, we also have these extra questions from Patreon. So we'll we will get to Kevin and Aaron here shortly. Yes. So let's move into the next uh, round of questions. I love it. Well, let's start here uh, with uh, our our queen of the Discord, Kayla. Um, who was reminding Edwin, uh, she left this uh, question, reminding Edwin to tell the story about Scooter's The Coffee Place. Now, 
if you were in our Discord, if you're if you're or if you're Scott's tot and you're listening to these episodes, uh, you might have heard mention of this. So I think Kayla just wanted to hey, say, you know what? Can we actually get what what is Scooters the coffee place? Tell us, Edwin. What what are what is she talking about? Well, she uh, she or someone uh, posted a, a coffee cup from Scooters. I think uh, in reference to the beginning of pumpkin spice latte season. And huh. I mentioned that Scooters was the source of an inside joke between Alex and oh, I. Dude. I think, Sean, you might remember it as well. Alex, you know what I'm getting at. Oh, oh, I know. Yeah. So uh, the, and, and, uh, the reminder was to just tell the, 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 the story. And uh, I guess it's good that it's coming on the main feed. But basically, we <laughs> yeah, were in. Uh, yeah, this is a, what a good story. Um, I don't <laughs> like that story, babe. Uh, <laughs> we were in uh, Kansas City for a friend's wedding. And the you day after the wedding, that one time. <laughs> we, uh, we were, it was the day after the wedding and there was a car full of us. I think our, our friend Matt was driving us around and uh, many of us in the car uh, were a bit hungover and a bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I was very hungover. <laughs> and at the time you guys were living, Sean and Alex were living in a house and when there was a part when you guys would have a party at your house and it was time to leave, you guys would always chant, you guys got to get out of here. You guys got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And we drove by. Us. So another random Our story. group is really into chanting. We're weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, I'll tell you what. You can't argue with its effectiveness when you're when you want the party at your house to end. You just everyone start chanting that you guys yeah. got to get out of here. And they left. Um. But we drove by a scooters and it said scooters rooted in quality. And so I started chanting in the back of the car, scooters is rooted in quality. Scooters is rooted in quality. You guys got to get out of here. You guys got to get out of here. Who will survive in America? Um, uh, that was more timely at the time. Um, but I remember I was doing that. And at one point, uh, another friend of ours who was in the car, she turned to me and she said, you can say that one more time. (laughs) No, that was me. I said that. Oh, it was you. Yes, I was hung over in the back seat. I had my head, I had, I had my head against the window because I liked how cool it felt on my on my face, mm-hmm. and I was like, "You guys get to do that one more time." <laughs> and that was also right when Will, our friend Will, in the front seat started playing that. When the fire starts to burn, to burn, yeah, like, and it starts super to spread, yeah, super loud. Disclosure. First thing in the morning yeah. with a car full of hungover people, and I'm was- like, "Will, dude, read the room, man." Like. <laughs> When Don't a fire starts on. to burn, right? It starts to spread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's just bass going like that. So that that bass is in my head, mm-hmm. and I'm just hung over, and all I want to do is not be in that car. And then, and then my voice is in your heart. Shaking. Scooters is rooted in quality. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So he still yeah. does that sometimes. Yeah. So that's the story. <sighs> More of an anecdote than a story, but boy, oh, boy, did I hate that morning. <laughs> Tell you what, though. We went... To a place called LC's for barbecue outside Kansas City. Oh, yeah. City. Delicious. I had Amazing. some burnt ends. I mm-hmm. had a big, big old like Sprite in a styrofoam cup, <laughs> and my hangover was cured. Nice. Yeah, don't uh, count out a good Sprite as a hangover cure. Yeah. Mm. I like the Coca-Cola yeah. as a hangover cure. Yeah. Yeah. Get yeah. some sugar. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Kayla. Um, next question comes from Devin. Uh, is Phyllis just a big liar? Portugal trip, African safari, a shining like maze in the backyard, etc. She says she doesn't have to work because of Bob, but is very money driven. 
losing clients in the MSPC arc, wanting more clients with the leads, taking taking Nelly's raise. Uh, does she lie about her slash Bob's extravagant lifestyle? Is this the cover? Is this to cover something shady that Bob Vance Vance Refrigeration is doing? What are your thoughts? Thank you, David. The way that this question is, or the way that you... Oh, sure. Little piece. No mushroom. The way... um, Maybe it's the way the question is worded or the way that you read it, but it kind of reminded me of Michael Scott being like, what's going on? What's going on over here? What do we do? What are we going to do? I think it's over here. I think it's a little foggy. I think it's a little shady. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think... Yes, to some extent. I think uh, Phyllis enjoys... Uh, the new sort of life of in status that she has from Bob. And I think she enjoys the fact that she can kind of brag about her wealth a little bit. Um, and she feels very validated by Bob. I think when you look at her, like her persona in the first couple of seasons, she's very quiet. Um, doesn't say as much. Um, there's that moment in office Olympics where Phyllis says, you calling me a hoe? And Jim says, Whoa, <laughs> that trash talk from Phyllis. <laughs> it's like a very surprising moment. Um, yeah. So I think it's Phyllis kind of maybe growing into this different side of herself and this different side of her character. Um, I got to grab that drop, by the way. Yeah. That's a really good one. Mm-hmm. What do you guys yeah, think? I, I could see it as, you know, that, that Phyllis is just, uh, you know, she she's very quiet and unassuming in a lot of ways. But I think that, you know, she's also, uh, you know, maybe a little bit greedy, maybe you know, really does enjoy, you know, the finer things in life. And, and even if Bob's got her on like an allowance um, and she doesn't need to work uh, all that money that she makes at the Scranton branches is, is hers to do with what she likes. So maybe, uh, maybe it's just, you know, getting, get asking, uh, getting that raise from Nelly or getting more clients for the leads is just more, you know, jewelry and and uh you know fine lunches with her her friends or things like that i don't know and over nuts <laughs> it also seems like phyllis uh is a good salesperson and likes her job um yeah, yeah. like she's never sh- shown to be a struggling salesperson outside of when andy or when dwight says uh someone who barely outsells phyllis um <laughs> there's very little that like like causes uh, uh, like the fact there's very little reason for us to think she's not a great salesperson along Stanley and uh, Dwight and Jim um, as the backbone of the sales staff, you know? Yeah. I almost think it's like just a convenience thing. Like her and Bob go into the same building for work. She's like, yeah, just keep going. But I, it also stands to reason that Vance refrigeration would have a sales team. Right. I don't like, maybe Mm. she could have been working for Bob. Um, you kind of wonder why she wouldn't uh, might as well just go downstairs and work with Bob. But maybe she also, I don't know, she's she's made mention of the sort of, uh, I don't know, the sexual tension that kind of exists. Just cause they... Yeah, yeah I, I, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, <laughs> you know, they spicy. have their, yeah, yeah they yeah. have their things. And, you know, maybe her yeah. working at a different company. So you know, many it things. Would just be, you know, you need to miss each other. You're like, you got to spend time away in order to miss each I other. I think like, you know? She's like, if I keep working for Michael, it kind of bo- it bothers Bob because I work for a guy that like Bob hates and doesn't respect. And Alice is like, she's like, yeah, that's my little, 
how I get back at Bob. You know? And then, <laughs> and then maybe it's too that like they they kind of in a way they own more of the of the Scranton business parks oh, by right. her being there, and then she's keeping you know, an Bob eye has she's, you know power over Michael. And, she's yeah. a double agent. Okay, mm-hmm. I like. Is that. this her version of uh, I flirt with guys and Bob beats them up? That's her. It's exactly. her business version of that. Yep. Exactly. You know what I would have loved to have seen is a side arc where Bob is the owner of the building and not Dwight. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That would have been fun yeah. to see. I feel like Bob would have been all over that if he knew that the that the building was for lease. Do you think, um, I guess, I'll maybe, <laughs> to get back to maybe like the initial question or the, do you think Phyllis lies at all about her lifestyle, about the trips that she goes on, uh, about these, these stories, mm-hmm. Portugal, the safari? I, I, I think don't. it's the other way. I, I I think it's accidentally it slips out and she doesn't she doesn't want to talk she does like she's trying never never to talk about it. I, I think she likes it that it's it's a secret and they do all this stuff and she doesn't want people to know that she's living in a vastly different bracket than everyone else. And I think that it's actually the other way where she's not lying. She's just like sometimes she spills more than she should. It's um it's like that recent John Mulaney special where he's like, this is one of those stories that I'm willing to tell you. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, in my I, specials, I used to be like, wow, boom, big. <laughs> Wonder why that was. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I feel like I, I do believe that these stories are real. I think that, uh, I don't think that Bob and, and Phyllis are hurting for cash and this is all made up. I think, um, I think that, yeah, I think that everything that she makes, at Dunder Mifflin is just gets to be her personal play money. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, and I think all those examples too, of like, you know, her, she, her being money driven, it's not necessarily that she's working harder for those things though. Right. I mean, it's just like, you know, mm-hmm. there's new, better leads and there's, you know, Nellie's handing out free raises. It's not like she's like, Oh, I got to stay late, you know, cause I want to make more money this week or something like that. Also, Phyllis's salary or income might, you know, cover up, cover up some fraud going on from Bob. You know, a little mm. embezzlement. Money she's laundry. living that. Um, she's yeah. living the life that Kelly suggests when she talks about what she do if she wins the lottery. She's like, I probably continue to work, but just for like a dollar a year, and I do whatever I want. What are you going to do? I'm working for a dollar a year. <laughs> yeah, she's, yeah, she's just like she likes having a place to go and a purpose, yeah. purpose cousin, and uh, just. <laughs> Yeah, she doesn't care about the money. It's but, like Larry uh, David used to say about his office. You need a place to go that isn't your you house. Place. Yeah. <laughs> God, I feel that. I feel that really hard. <laughs> Most days. Thank, thank you so much, Devin. <laughs> uh, this next one from PK. Uh, my friend and I are new here in Tallahassee. Uh, would you like to get a cocktail? Maybe go out for a little dancing. Beautiful nice day, job. huh? Uh, nice <laughs> you went from zero to Stanley in under 60 yeah, seconds. Yeah. Really the shot of a mustache? Long time no ask for me. I started a new job in an office and it is going really well. And I, I am Honestly. actually happy at work for the first time in a long time. Congratulations. Hey, Anyway, since it's a large building that houses many different departments, I am learning all the different politics and little nuances. Who likes who? Who went behind who's back to get a promotion? Who is the boss's pet? Et cetera, et cetera. 
One thing I wish the show The Office would have done is venture into the other businesses in the building more and explore the relationships and storylines that could have happened. What do you think would be some good episode or episodes or arcs? For example, I think there would definitely be a decent B plot of an episode involving Phyllis and Bob Vance's secretary. Uh, maybe Phyllis <laughs> enlists Dwight for some light espionage or Kelly for some sabotage. Thank wow, you. Wow, this okay. is this is a related question. Uh, yeah, from Devin's so we're here. staying on the on the Phyllis and, and Bob train a little bit. No, um, uh, you know, uh, my, the first thing that comes to mind is like I feel like there's a little bit more of this in like Parks and Rec with like the other governmental sure. departments and local businesses and stuff like that. Yes. Um, and that and that makes sense structurally because that's all government public stuff. So like permits need to go through different departments or the parks department needs to work with the mayor's office to make sure this happens. So that all really makes sense. Like here, because they're all separate private businesses, you're like, that's why, you know, the, the parking lot issue is one reason that would get them all in a room. Right. Things that affect the building. Um, so but I do I do like the I do definitely have questions and curiosities about the other businesses yeah. um i mean we get a good amount of vance refrigeration get a but the good other amount ones... of, yeah i mean I, there's i mean of course there's the um uh the the construction guys parking in the parking lot and and kevin and andy have to assemble the five families the five families um, <laughs> mm-hmm. um they call him cool guy paul i was gonna say like paul faust I I would love I I feel like I could see Ryan Michael getting obsessed with him. Yeah, or like Michael like like Ryan really wanting to be Paul Faust, uh or Kelly falling in love with him. Like yeah. I, I'm I would I'm dying for Bill Crest content. Some Crest tool and die. Mm. Really mean <laughs> that old guy. Yeah. I I'd just love to see some interactions. Yeah. Uh, you know what would have been um when Dwight becomes the owner of the building would have been a prime time for all this. Cause I mean, certainly, uh, you know, when the Scranton branch is getting upset about all these things, like the motion sensor lights and all these other things aren't, isn't he installing these in, in the Bob Vance office and all these other, you know what I mean? We never get to see. I would love to see like those as deleted scenes, maybe where he's trying to do that in Vance refrigeration and he gets like kind of chased (laughs) out or, um, Do white. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think or, so. Or like he, the they have like this very upfront conversation where they're they like uh what is it, old man Cress? Mm-hmm. He's like, make these changes you're relieving. <laughs> like the, the conversations go very, very quickly. Um yeah. versus the Dunder Mifflin one. Uh, it works and a lot. Dwight better, really like, respects authority. Like <laughs> he's yeah. just like, oh I can't say no to that old man. Or he my, tries my to my assemble the five families. Yeah. Doesn't work. Yeah. yeah, I would love to have seen him tell Nate to assemble the five families. That, mm-hmm. that would have been great. Nate and Bill Cress, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Those two in a small room. There's your now, give me that. Boom. I don't have a tool and die problem per se, <laughs> but when I am around a lot of tools and dies, I, I see them as one big jumble. Uh huh. This all could have been an email. Yeah. Um, uh, I w- you know what though I, w- I would agree that it would have been nice to see some of these other side characters a little more uh, Leo and Gino yeah. um, some of these extra characters I actually you know it's funny 
we've talked a little bit about an office reboot and like that is one angle that you could take um i think it was i want to say it was peter in our discord and maybe i'm getting it wrong who mentioned that like the boss sort of conceit that informs the original office is one that we all know very well by now and it might be hard to replay that but if you have a bunch of different office uh, different businesses sharing an office park maybe that's a different way you could do a show like the office it's more like the Mm. office park you know let me let me throw one more idea at you here this would be a season nine arc and a way mm-hmm. to bookend the series. Uh, what if Roy's gravel company bought office space in that building mm. and suddenly Roy was in the building again? And they just filled it all with gravel. Just <laughs> 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 with gravel. Uh, hey, what you do with it is your business. It's your gravel. Yeah. Something something like let's get Roy back in. Um, hmm. That could have been could have been something. I don't know. And then, but, I mean, but, uh, would you have rather, you know, Pam is like doing this thing with Brian, the sound guy, or would you rather, hey, Roy's there and his life is fixed and boy, he's looking good. That would have been, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> that would have been. Yeah, Pam crazy. would have, I think Pam would have been like, I'm moving to Philly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. I love Philly. Dirty town. <laughs> uh, thank you, PK. Good question. Thanks, PK. Uh, let's move on to uh, on to Megan who asked hey fellas I was remembering a time uh, you recalled an anecdote from when you were all in a car and the driver asked you if you worked for NPR because of the way you sound uh, love that story yes. I've been needing to do more and more public speaking lately and I'm wondering how you got accustomed to your own voices i.e. sounding natural authentic clear enthusiastic etc what was the process like learning this skill set and how did you work at it Hearts and stars from Mountainton. Thank you, Megan. Uh, wow, uh, this is a great question, Megan. We should. Uh, I feel we, we like should, my... uh, we should go back to the story really quickly. We were all in a van, yeah. uh, and our Uber driver in, in Louisville, Kentucky, and our Uber driver told us that we all sounded like NPR people just because of, <laughs> I think, our West Coast uh, affectation. And yeah. then uh, our good friend Colin was like, "Edwin, do I have a glass?" <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, NPR, uh, Ira Glass. Each trip in our van, of course, choose a theme. We have a variety of stories on that theme. This trip, NPR people. NPR people. Uh, what is yeah. it about radio hosts that make them sound a certain way? All right, way? let's cut that off. Uh, uh, Sean, you were saying? I was just going to say that I still don't feel confident in public speaking or like the sound of my voice <laughs> or gotten accustomed to the yeah. sound of my own voice. Uh, yeah. Just for an example, recently we did the episode with with Ryan, and um, Ryan started to like listen, you know, back to the episode, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, hey, uh, can you listen to that later? I don't like to listen to the podcast. I don't like that story, babe. <laughs> yeah. Story, babe. Uh. It is kind of hard to, yeah, to listen to your own voice. That it, it is how I feel." Alex, um, I mean, I've been doing podcasts for a long time, and I, I've never really gotten used to my voice, or like I, I've never liked my voice. But it's just, I, I mean, like the only advice is just like do it a lot. It, you'll, it'll, like the sensitivity to it will fade over time until you're just like, you got to understand that nobody else is thinking about or cares about how you sound more than you do. Like no one thinks about it and no one cares. Um, so that's number one. Uh, number two. I do. I like, think you sound great. 
I would just like it's a difference of like public speaking versus just being comfortable with your voice. I think listening back to the show a lot, and I know Edwin, you you've probably I think you'll agree with me where you start to pick up on vocal tics and things you don't like. And I oh, yeah. have been able to like clean those up over time. It, it just takes a lot of hours of it and practice and just getting used to it. But I feel like I've been able to identify some of those things. But again, I don't think anyone else really cared or paid attention except myself. Um, other advice. I don't know. I would just go do karaoke a lot just to like be comfortable <laughs> with the microphone in front of people. Cause like, it's never going to be as embarrassing as singing a song or whatever, which isn't even that embarrassing. Again, if you've been at karaoke and someone goes up and is just like bad, it only is uncomfortable if they are extremely uncomfortable with it. If they're bad and they don't care, no, it's great. No one cares. Mm-hmm. Fine. And you'll get comfortable in front of people. Um, Our buddy Will know. will consistently go for notes that he can't really hit and it just ends up in a scream. <laughs> ah! <laughs> All the time. <laughs> but Will has the strangest confidence of anyone I've ever met uh, in that it's, it is extremely bold, uh, mm-hmm. but in a really charming way. Mm. Um, Sounds like an ad for chips. <laughs> I just bold wanted to add uh, that any time I stumble or fumble when, when doing this podcast, I get blasted with a drop of either, <laughs> did I stutter or you're bad at this too. Um, and I don't know if that has helped. <laughs> but at least you can know that no one will do that you so to right. you. You are so right. <laughs> yeah, Megan, hire me to follow you around with a drop board and just heckle you. Yeah. And it'll never be that bad. <laughs> just out of the fear of uh getting dropped, you you won't make mm-hmm. any mistakes. I think you don't know there what is- you're saying. There is also there's the the pursuit of success and there is also the fear of punishment. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Where are all um, the animals? I can. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got I mean, <laughs> I could give um, some advice on this. Act three, public speaking. Um, oh no, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Alex just cut my mic off. <laughs> As far as public speaking and getting comfortable with your voice, it has to do with reps. Reps is the most important thing. So uh, whether it's talking and recording yourself and then listening back to that recording or just like delivering the same speech many times, so you get used to delivering it like or reading something out loud off a piece of paper, because when you speak, you want to make sure that, especially if you're being recorded, you want to speak slowly and enunciate your words with all of its Baroque clauses and sentences like Andy Bernard. Um, <laughs> but it's about reps and practice and you, you build confidence over time. You don't, I don't mm-hmm. think it's, it's, it's easy to kind of have the confidence that just kind of masks insecurities. But I think if you just put in the work in the time and just kind of realize that, like Alex said, um, you know, it's not that big of a deal or it's not nearly as important as it may, you may, it may seem to you. Um, and then you just get used to certain things. Like Alex mentioned again, like uh, if you were listen to yourself on, um, on tape, you might hear certain mm-hmm. things that you do, tendencies, habits that you may have. Um, I did a public speaking competition when I was in middle school. I remember and my dad was in Toastmasters um, or he used to be in Toastmasters and he, I would mm-hmm. practice my speech for him. 
And if I ever said the word, um, he would say, click, click. Cause they have a little mm-hmm. clicker mm-hmm. to help you kind of learn to stop saying, um, as filler words mm-hmm. in between your, your speeches, um, hurts my feelings every time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think another thing to, uh, to, to kind of remember, and this is kind of a funny thing I heard from, I think Mike Birbiglia, who talked about a, a stand-up comedy is actually just one person who's standing about a foot and a half taller than everyone else in the same room. And everybody listens to them for some reason. So mm-hmm. when you're public speaking, it might feel like you're the center of the universe and that all of the eyes are on you and that all these crazy things are happening. But really, you're just kind of standing up about a foot taller than everybody in the room and saying something like mm-hmm. you can imagine being saying something just to someone right next to you. And it's kind of the same effect. Um, yeah. So yeah. just just get some reps, get some practice guys. and uh, have fun with it. And that's and that's that's like the power too that Edwin like you have that power in the room when it's your turn to speak or your I don't know what setting Megan I don't know what setting you're speaking in um but like it's so much easier to listen to someone who's just comfortable like it doesn't even you don't even need to worry about sounding like smart or if you are comfortable up there talking that just that will feed your confidence that will sound that will make you sound natural um I always one of the um good pieces of advice for is like storytelling that I got or when I, I was doing some training for podcast stories was like pay attention to how you tell if you're working on a story or you're pitching a story pay attention to how you tell that story to people at a bar in shorthand and like what are the details that you start with what well, how do you actually just say that casually and then like remember that and try to communicate that way instead rather than making it really academic or overthinking it is just like how would you naturally say this if you were at a cocktail party to someone? Um, and again, back to Edwin's point, it just takes reps to get used to that. Nice. Well, Imagine you're at, the, you're at the bar and you're delivering like a kind of speech. I have a dream <laughs> <laughs> to the person sitting next to you. <laughs> Thank you, Megan. Um, we should do this one last question from Gen V, um, who we love, who missed the cutoff, but we love very, Gen v, her not very much. Gen Z. Um, uh, she says, she says, Hey guys, uh, I thought of a way to change up trivia segment of your episodes. You can play it jeopardy style by answering in the form of a question, like a reverse trivia. What do you think? I think, yes. What is good idea? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Love it. What is we are fine? <laughs> Laura writes, what is we are fine? Um, Okay, well, there you go. There you have it. That's a little sneak peek of what it's like uh, on our Patreon mailbag <laughs> episodes. Um, yeah, that might have turned people off. Be like, yeah. Don't you love it? Oh, yeah. Boy. Oh, thanks. Um, well, if you uh, if you came here, if this is your first time listening to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, it's finally time to get into our main uh, episode, uh, topic for this episode. Um which is Kevin and Aaron. Um, I know that we we got our question from um, from Jemima that we read in the beginning. Um, you know, looking up this this topic, guys, uh, uh, just Googling uh, Kevin and Aaron from The Office, you get a lot of uh, articles, actually, uh, about the fact that Brian Baumgartner apparently pitched the idea for uh kevin and yeah. aaron uh to be a you know a love story a thing office. yeah and we are going to discuss that possibility right after a short break okay welcome back 
to the show. Uh, we are just beginning our segment talking about Kevin and Aaron as a pairing. Um, and before we kind of dive into their relationship uh, or the relationship that never was and, and how they interact on the show, Edwin, uh, what are your thoughts? What are your overarching, your bird's eye view thoughts, Kevin and Aaron? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. I I really enjoyed the way that uh, this question was posed to us and the structure of this that kind of comes up as a character pairing sort of episode because we've done these kinds of episodes before, but they're often about Michael and Dwight or Jim and Pam or uh, a relationship. And it's it's a lot more about those two characters' interpersonal dynamic. But what I like about this sort of um, this sort of pairing is it's it's less about Kevin and Aaron interacting, although we will talk about some of those moments, but it's a lot more about how they kind of mirror each other and how they are uh, similar to each other, but have different roles uh, by gender. And they have different storylines, of course. Kevin is from the show from the very beginning. Aaron joins uh, in season five. So um, similarities and differences, which I think is a really interesting comparison because we don't have that many comparisons um, that I think that are as, uh, as, or we don't have as many pairs that are as similar, maybe. Um, in the fact that like their jokes are often kind of come from this place of stupidity or naivete, um, um, or like this sort of youthful exuberance in Aaron's case. Um, but yeah, like, I guess, have you ever considered that Aaron and Kevin have a lot of similarities before this question? Yeah. I mean, they, I guess, you know, I mean, they are kind of the office dummies in a way, <laughs> like it just like Jemima was saying, like, but, um, I mean, they certainly have these moments uh, where they're on the same page. You know, got it, bimbo. Got it, bimbo. Um, I love that interaction. I love that interaction too. And and uh, and the drop that uh, Alex played at the top of the show. You know, you know, like they hate it. I love it, but they hate it. <laughs> you know, um, I think that. And I mean, there's also all these other little like plot lines, you know, Michael tries to play matchmaker and put them together. Um, You know, uh, you know, naughty Nelly's always down for a roll in the hay. Um, (laughs) There's little things that, that come up, (laughs) but um, yeah, I guess, you know, it's just, you don't think about them too, too much. I, I I haven't, but uh, yeah. What about you, Alex? I mean, I like where, you know, uh, where Jemima was with this question, like you said, Edwin, of like the, it's it's interesting sort of the, if if you were to, if you were to sift some gender stereotypes and they would collect at the bottom, you that's kind of like you'd get some characteristics of Kevin and Aaron. And I, I just think that's an interesting within the, the spectrum of the whole cast, um, if you were to look at, you know, what, what are the most sort of rigid if you were going to put gender roles everywhere and you get like, here's, here's this kind of loud, brash, dumb, you know, uh, guy who Kevin, like what, like, what do we know about Kevin is like, he likes sports. He likes gambling. He likes eating. And he talks like this, like he's, he's literally a cartoon character of like the American male, um, Mm -hmm. or at least how a lot of the world would see American males Mm -hmm. versus Aaron, who is also, you know, uh, really sweet, really nice, pretty naive, pretty sweet, or, or pretty like, I wouldn't say she's the sharpest tool in the shed, um, but she almost has rude. this quality. Yeah, this sort of like, I both of them occupy these these corners that I think uh, if, if you were to put everyone in the office on that spectrum, they would sort of be like the most uh, 
I don't know, sort of Barbie and Ken packages of like, here's a, here's a man and a woman in America. Uh, and so a lot, and a lot of their jokes, a lot of the stuff the writers give them is through that vein of like, like I was just saying, I mean, they literally have Kevin, you know, f- fall in his own pot of chili, you know, like mm-hmm. the, the dumbest cartoonish thing you could do. They literally have, uh, you know, they let her have Aaron, who's just, they, she, they just make her an airhead. Like, she's just, oh, this, like, cute, dumb girl. Uh, but the thing is, the, the beautiful part about this show is, on the surface, yeah, these are just ordinary stereotypes that you would see. But really, once you get to know their characters and you see their nuanced, some of the more nuanced moments, of course, none of that is true. All these stereotypes are not true with the two of them. And there's much more depth. There's much... There's much more interesting angles to both of them. Um, so I, I really like how they sort of play with that. And I think initially these two characters come in pretty flat. I mean, Aaron in season five, she, she does get some really good little one-liners in there, but she's pretty much just this timid secretary who's a replacement for Pam. And the first few season, Kevin is just this kind of very dull, you know, thick skulled guy in the corner who eats M&Ms. Um, mm-hmm. and, and to let that sort of each of their, you know, perspective daisies kind of grow out of the concrete over the course of the show that's kind of the whole point of it right yeah yeah i i kind of want to go back to something you mentioned and you you said aaron maybe isn't the sharpest tool in the shed but just to be clear in the foster home her hair was the her shed her her hair is her shed (laughs) yeah Yeah. um mike sure uh once called uh like stupidity the nuclear bomb of comedy i think um, mm-hmm. I think he was more referring to like Andy Dwyer and Parks and Rec, but I think Aaron and Kevin kind of both play that role a little bit on The Office. And I think having mm-hmm. both of them kind of contributes to maybe uh, the the tone uh, and maybe the way the tone shifts in those later seasons. Um, the, the Both characters are definitely drawn differently in that way as well. Like Kevin begins as uh, more soft-spoken and quiet mm-hmm. in the early seasons before mm-hmm. near the end when he's saying why I say suck. many words yeah yeah um and i had martin explain exactly what he sea did world yeah. oceans fish jump okay. china <laughs> do you like apples because i just got a raise how do you like dem raises um <laughs> very different from like the early season kevin you know um and aaron comes in like you said i think um the flat she just doesn't have that much to do she's her her role is literally occupying pam's place so that pam mm-hmm. can't come back just to being a receptionist but then they draw so much into aaron um i'm thinking of like the way that even even the way she's dressed like she's wearing like um like she wears very plain clothing and then like as the show changes and she becomes more and more of herself and we know her as aaron hannon and um, she's, she's just, um, her hair, her makeup, her wardrobe is just totally different from it is when she's first introduced. I I'm thinking specifically of when, uh, Dwight says, Aaron, do you have your birth certificate? Sure. <laughs> she turns and reaches into her back. Um, and then also, I mean, this is kind of a Kev- Kevin and Aaron interaction and where Kevin is not maybe so stupid, but he's part of this little group, um, in Koi Pond. Um, when, uh, <laughs> Aaron says, uh, David Wallace calls in, my, in his koi pond. And Michael says, oh, yeah, he did? What did he say, Aaron? He heard you made a big splash at the meeting. Oh, my God, that was so mean what I just said. And I didn't mean it. It was Kevin and Meredith put me up to it. And then Kevin whispers to her, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, just, they're just very fun ingredients when they're put together. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And yeah, it, it's just great because that's that, that's the other part about Aaron is like for a while she's just she's very you know again this stereotype she's eager to please she doesn't want to co- confront anyone she's so, she's doubts herself all the time but then she's always like. And like the drop it played at the beginning of like, they hate it, but I like it. Like she's always on the side of whoever she's talking to mm-hmm. um, uh, or the side of the ants in the case of the ant farm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like think... she, I, she, she has like very hyper focus sometimes on things mm-hmm. that I find really funny. And Kevin does the same stuff sometimes. I, I really enjoy it. Um, <laughs> I am petrified. Um <laughs> I think it's worth mentioning as well that we have individual episodes on both Kevin and Aaron. I almost said Karen. Um, Kevin and Aaron both have dedicated episodes within our show's run. So um, Mm -hmm. if we don't deep dive into each of those characters individually, it's because we've kind of already done that. And I think it's with this episode, it's more about thinking of them in parallel and comparison on screen together. I think, you know, mentioning that moment around senior Lodenstein, when you put the two of them together, it tips the balance in a scene one way. So you have it in Senior Lodenstein when it's Jim, Dwight, Kevin, and Aaron trying to come up with a way to load these boxes into the into the back of the truck. You think about Aaron grunting, yeah. didn't feel it. Didn't feel it. Uh, <laughs> um, or you think about Kevin and Aaron together when they go to see what is supposed to be Angela's premature baby. Um, like the way they just have a different interaction when the two of them are together. Even when Aaron is with Holly, uh, searching for Michael with Dwight. Like they, they yeah. tip the balance in certain ways when you have uh, the two of them together, um, which I think is just like a very interesting combination um, for two characters like that. Um, I think Contact one thing bimbo. too that. Got it, Bimbo. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And <laughs> speaking of the two of them together, maybe it's worth tapping into the when Michael sets them up in the delivery part two. Um, when Michael is. Uh, Fixed that he he has the ability to to create long lasting romantic couples. She was right. a receptionist. Her name was Pam. There sat Jim. <laughs> speaking the of Sean, the two of them would get together. Insurmountable. Uh, speaking of Sean, tell us what what was what did you what did you find about this this pitched relationship between Kevin and Aaron? Yeah, I wanted to talk about this uh, because for one, it, it's the internet likes talking about it. This article. This is something that came up on Brian's on Brian's podcast, I believe. He he had Ellie Kemper on, and he sort of revealed this to her and and to the audience um, that he himself went to the writers' room and pitched this this idea um, that uh, that Kevin and Aaron would get together at some point. Um, he said, uh, "I went up to the writers' room." Uh, and I said, if Kevin could mature just a little, there was something about their energy that I thought was right. Their energies matched in a weird way. Um, so I, I I don't know if you guys had heard this before, but what do you what do you think about what, what are your thoughts on this? What a waste. <laughs> <laughs> I. I can understand their energies being funny together, kind of in the way that Andy and Aaron are kind of funny together when they talk about, um, I don't know, when they, when they talk about like politics and they're like, obviously either one of them is going to do a great job, you know, and they're like, yeah, they, right, right. they have like a funny sort of dynamic, maybe Kevin mm-hmm. and Aaron do. But mm-hmm. I think that the one date that shows they don't have a lot of chemistry is probably the right amount of Aaron and Kevin romantic mm-hmm. relationship that we needed. Um, 
but that's that's what I think. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I, like it's funny because like initially the Aaron and Andy relationship is like, oh, that really works, and then they kind of write their way out of that one a little bit. And a lot of that I think is just because I think Aaron and Andy's insecurities are really similar in a yeah. bad way, where it's like once they start to they kind of are like magnets where it's like if you flip them over and you, they won't touch each other. Cause like <laughs> they're so they just, they can be hurt in the exact same way. And so they're capable of hurting each other in the same way and, and not a good way. And I, versus I feel like Kevin and Aaron have, you would think, Oh, you should pair together. Cause they're both just very simple in terms of what they want and how they express themselves. But it, the simplicity it's not at all in the same way. Um, like the chemistry that you get between say Kelly and Aaron really works because I think they also, they, they share that quality where I think Kelly would be the other character in the office. You'd look at and be like, Oh, they're just kind of not, she's just kind of, Oh, kind of ditzy. And she gets distracted by pop culture things and she doesn't care. But like they're also, it's not quite the same as Aaron, but they also really click because I feel like they have the same, they just have the same sort of, youthful energy versus Kevin is a little more like Kevin wants to just like play poker and watch football and eat. And I don't think Aaron is interested in any of those things. Um, which is why I think she was much more attracted to like Andy, who's wants to sing and dance and go out and do stuff. I don't think Kevin really wants to do any of that. You think about too, like, just yeah i think it's a really good point bringing up their interests it doesn't seem like they have that much they like they it's hard to imagine them doing activities together or having like fun on a date together and yeah. like i'm thinking about think about andy and aaron at the at the happy hour um mm -hmm. when they're playing all the arcade games together and they seem to be having fun and they kind of joke around eventually aaron breaks him down and says you love the drama you're a total drama queen yeah, um, yes yes or if you think about when andy <laughs> makes the move on julia she says, what's a mm -hmm. nard dog? He goes, this is the nard dog. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. obviously that oh. flames out pretty dramatically. And he says, I can't believe that, that should have gotten drafted in our cringe draft. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> I'll never, I'll never forgive myself. And she says, uh, I got out of a relationship too. It's hard. And Andy says, right. Do you want to just like go to a mall and, and walk around and talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Doubly is the person gosh. Aaron is the person that would go to the mall and walk around and talk about it with Andy correct and have a great time doing it yeah that's true yeah yeah you, I, you think too oh sorry sorry go ahead Sean no go ahead no 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 you, you finish well I mean I'll take this one guys oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right Ryan back to you <laughs> um, look at that image <laughs> crystal clear when Michael is in his setup phase, he's, 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 uh, who else wants to be set up by love? Who else is single here? Who else is going to get shot by my love gun? <laughs> and Aaron goes, ah! and then he walks over to Phyllis. And he sets up Aaron and Kevin. Da -da -da -da. And even in their, inter their initial interactions, uh, oh, say nothing. You'll learn to love me. They're eating <laughs> lunch together, and there just is nothing happening. Right. Did you grow yes. up around here? No. So you must have grown up around somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, that's it. Like, Aaron is playful, and I don't think Kevin's that very, a playful person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think um, uh, this uh, to me hearing this story uh, that Brian pitched this, uh, you know, himself it was it's kind of a weird story. I think number one is that I mean, you know, Ellie Kemper is is you know sort of the young and beautiful cast member when she joins the show. Yeah, and they pair her up a lot, right? She's yeah. She ends up with Andy. She ends up with Gabe. She ends up with Plop. Um, she ends you know, up the, under a hotel hotel kitchen table with Ryan. Ryan is going after her. Um, you know that. You know, so As has one of Kevin. the actors. One of the actors is walking in the into the writers' room and being like, "She should be with my character." Is <laughs> like a little cringy, I'd say. Um, I. So th- there's kind of that. Um, I-, I think it's an interesting point that he makes that, you know. Why don't you shut up? <laughs> that he could. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's an interesting point that he makes that if Kevin could mature just a little bit, you know, if it, you know, offering that, you know, his character should should grow a little bit and then they could be good together. I mean, what I would have liked to have seen is just more friendship from them. Right. Yeah. I think that that yeah. would have been really entertaining that mm-hmm. they kind of like confide in each other. Certain things are like they're like, is everyone making fun of me? And, you know, like maybe <laughs> Kevin's like, is everyone actually making fun of me? And she's like, I'll find out. And then she comes back. And she's like, <laughs> yes, they are. They're making fun of me. <laughs> like, like, I don't know, just things like that. I, I think that I would have liked to have seen that rather rather than something romantic between them. Doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. totally I mean, the trivia. I mean, they're on the trivia team together. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's right. Well, somebody mentioned that the age difference between Andy and Aaron was was a bit too much, and I think the age difference maybe between Brian um, between Kevin and Aaron also might have been too much. You know? Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, But I like the way you said it. I think it'd be better to see them be buddies. I think that would be a really fun Mm -hmm. thing to have seen more of, Um, especially when you think about the way that Aaron is friends with Daryl later on. Um, Mm -hmm. They like Aaron just loves being sneaky snakes, the sneakiest little sneak whoever did sneak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Daryl, meet Beryl. I think Aaron and Kevin could absolutely have a funny dynamic like that. Yeah, I could yeah, also. I, I could see. Uh, I could see Kevin discovering a innate talent in in uh, Aaron, where she can like, she just has a knack for picking the right side of a bet and like sports betting, or like like mm-hmm. a March Madness thing when she's like like Aaron, like look at these team names. Who do you think is going to win? And she's just always <laughs> is like, oh, that I like that one and that one. And she's yeah. like, Aaron hits on her bets like 85% of the time. Like, I mean, <laughs> Aaron has fun. made me so much money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or something like that where like you sort of like the things that Kevin takes seriously is like things that Aaron happen, like is good at or like poker or something um, and vice versa. Like, yeah, I think they have a, I think, I think Brian Baumgartner is right where it's like our characters have a similar energy, but I agree, Sean, that I think that could have been channeled into a more of an on-screen friendship than we saw. Or you think about Aaron, think about this, affirmed, Seattle Sleuth, Secretariat, Citation, Assault, Count Fleet, World Away, War Admiral, Omaha, Gallant Fox, <laughs> and I know this, uh, the Johnny, the jo- jockey was Johnny Loftus, sti- sired by Starshoot. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> Any other final thoughts on on uh, on Aaron and Kevin? I think the he other angle that has been a little bit explored is the sort of, I mean, the gender aspect of it. And it's only to say, like, a character like Aaron is paired up many times. A character like Kevin is kind of hopelessly single. Um, or, you know, there are only there are a few moments here and there. It just feels nice to win one. Yeah. Good, good Valentine's Day. You know, um, it's just like the way that these characters are drawn in sitcoms. And a lot of times, I mean, um, not to go back to this sort of Kevin and Aaron thing, but it, it seems like in a lot of sitcoms, if there's if it lasts long enough, it seems like every character dates each other. Like yeah. they just kind of become plot lines that, that all these characters will kind of date within the cast of the show. It's um, like the three of us. That's very We've true. We, that's not true. We've been locked in a love triangle this entire time. <laughs> it's, it's tense, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's just, they, they're treated differently, I think, in terms of their character arc, in terms of their plot development. And then part of that too is, you know, Kevin begins the show with a fiance and it changes. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, they're just yeah. the, the, for characters that are similar in these respects, like they mm-hmm. are drawn differently. Um, yeah. In the way that Phyllis and Stanley have a pretty understated friendship, but it's very clear that we, we just get in little background shots, little interactions they have throughout the show. Like, I don't I, I care. Think, just keep the ribs coming. Yeah. Had the high five. Like, that's where I think Kevin and Aaron, I think, could have just like a lot of fist bumps. Just nice. Like, I could see them always having each other's corner. Um, and I think that's there. But yeah, I would I would have I would have liked to see way more of it. It's I could good, see them a sharing a, a love of candy. That would be like a very easy oh, thing for them to have nice. done. Yeah. Aaron, what's the candy for today? Yeah. I'm so glad you asked. Yeah, Coco Leche. Ah, the Coco Leche. at Steamtown Mall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, very, uh, very like Donna and Tom relationship they could have had from going back mm-hmm. to Parks and Rec. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Well, there you have it, uh, uh, Kevin and Aaron. Actually, I mean, we do kind of we're going to linger on this topic a little bit as we head into the conference room. Do you have to. <laughs> You have, you have to let, to it, linger. Let it linger, um, because uh, Edwin has some. <laughs> Edwin's got some ordinary things questions uh, in relation to today's topic. So let's head to the conference room. Today would be a good idea. You and me and Michael head into the conference room for some conflict resolution. <laughs> okay, in the conference room this week for the ordinary things segment, I just had a couple questions that came to mind thinking about Aaron and Kevin. Um, and I wanted to pose these questions to you guys. Of course, Ordinary Things is segment where we relate our own lives to some things that come up uh, in our office discussion. So the first question comes from Aaron's upbringing and yeah. all of her sort of strange, unique habits that she has. So my question for you is, what's something you do that's weird, but you never noticed until someone pointed it out to you? Oh, that's good. Um, I can go I first have... if you need to think. No, the f- I have one that came right to mind. I, th- I have a lot of those. Uh, Hit it. One of them is I, th- I f- for until I was probably well into high school or my early 20s, uh, I have always sneezed from the sun and bright lights. And I, I did not know this was not a thing for everyone. I thought everyone suffered from this. This is a this is a bit of a thing though. It is I a have, thing for some I people. That. Yeah, yeah. It's a thing for some people, but I thought it was just like everyone. And and mm. the first time that I like someone saw me do that, because sometimes if I like I need to get a sneeze out, I'll find a light or a sun and look at it. And someone was like, "What was that? Like, what were you doing?" And I was like, 
oh, I just needed to sneeze. They're like, yeah, but you were like, why were you looking at the sun? It's like, what do you, what do you mean, why? That's why how everyone sneezes. And they're like, what are you talking about? It was one of those moments where you're just suddenly on an island. You're like, I thought everyone had that thing. But I guess yeah, more people you, do than I, th- than I think. Why are you flying around the room and buzzing and trying to bite someone's ankle and suck blood? <laughs> Following the light. Following the light, dude. No, I, I, I guess it. Yeah, no, I, I have that. Um, from like bright light can make me sneeze. Um, sometimes having a a beer makes me sneeze. <laughs> like I don't like what. I also have a weird sneeze. I think mm. that that is something that is like you do. A, yeah. What about the beer makes you sneeze? Is it the aroma or the experience of drinking it? Like what is I, the? You know, I do think other people have this too. Um. Because when we were in, uh, when we were at Lady Justice, Betsy was saying the same thing that like, um, like an IPA can kind of make you stuffy or something like that. I do mm. think it's like the the hops. It, well, I have allergies to you know pollen and things like that, so I think that that's related. But I don't know. I don't see what's so ugly about him. He's got the broad face of a brewer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, but because I had allergies as a kid, I would sneeze a lot. I would sneeze like, you know, every day or, uh, you know, have sneezing fits and stuff like that. And I have, a, I, I, have, that. I, I like hold my sneeze, like when I sneeze and it translates to just a really weird, you know. Oh man. I can like see you doing that. <laughs> I know. Me yeah. Too. Me too. <laughs> and I can't really, I can't really stop. Uh, now, now in my adult life, I for mm. some reason have uh, that is just the way that I sneeze now. So there you Every go. Every time a I weird see you thing do, I do that sneeze, I want you to like immediately fart. Just have it like come out like, <laughs> and then <laughs> just be so funny. Yeah, that would be that would not be embarrassing. <laughs> that would not be more embarrassing than my weird sneeze. <laughs> Edwin, you know what? Mine is also about sneezing. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh no! Yeah. Okay, yeah. we we can't yeah. all do sneezes. Oh uh, yes, we can. Sneeze company. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so mine is sometimes when I really have to sneeze, I have to stick my tongue out to sneeze. Whoa! Oh. Okay, I'll show you. Can, it's it's like if I'm about to sneeze, I have to like, and then and then I sneeze. <laughs> what? I showed them on the camera. Okay, that's it's way weirder. It's way weirder. Right. And you know what? I yeah. figured one time I was like, you know what? I'm going to look this up. And I'm sure that this is just a common thing that a lot of people have. No, no one does this. <laughs> I think I'm the only one. The only weirdo who has to stick out his tongue to sneeze when I feel a sneeze coming on. It's really strange. That is wild. And like, I, it's come to the point now where like, if I have to do it, like I'll turn, I'll turn away and like kind of cover my face to, to like, uh, oh my gosh! I, I had no idea. It was amazing. It's really, really strange. But then I think it was my sister who pointed it out to me. But like, it was definitely pointed out to me at some point. Like, why do you do that? Oh I bet your sister yeah. makes fun of you so much for that. It's uh, yeah, and, and among other things. Yeah. <laughs> She's my always... uh, my harshest audience, but I absolutely love it. So it's it's always yeah. hilarious. We give each other a lot of uh, we, we go back and forth. It's very fun. My fav- my favorite one of those stories is Edwin convincing all his cousins that <laughs> Miriam calls memes memes. 
just so funny. It wasn't even true. She's going to get mad. Okay, she'll get mad that I said the story, although I'd, she doesn't listen, I don't think. Um, no, no. But good. one time, we were in a family outing, and my little cousin, who is like um, my younger cousin, who is um, in high school now. This was a few years ago, though. She, she my, my sister said something, and my little cousin, who was even younger, said, you're such a Visco girl. We we're all like, what is that? <laughs> And she was joking, like, oh, you have the water bottle and the scrunchie and the Birkenstocks. Oh, save the turtles. And <laughs> it was really funny to watch my little cousin just roast my sister. So I, I, I leaned into it quite a bit. And I was like, guys, did you know that Marion calls the Mimis? <laughs> <laughs> Throwing so fuel on the fire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel you. Uh, uh, no. I want to I throw in an, just one more example of uh, something Point that held over from childhood. Like... Um, I mean, it kind of reminds me of this this American Life episode about kid logic. Act one, but <laughs> but for the longest time, <laughs> for the longest time, I thought that uh, the expression uh, "from the get go" was from the get go, <laughs> and that and it made no sense to me. I understood <laughs> like the how to properly use it, but. Everyone's always saying from the gecko. Like, from the gecko. <laughs> that's that's really good. Yeah. That's right. a Michael. That's a perfect Michael Scott, isn't it? Too? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I would always imagine that little Geico gecko anytime anyone said it. Right. That's not Or, or you remember the 90s t shirts with the geckos on oh, it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a geckos lot of geckos. were huge in the 90s, bro. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. Big so time. There you go. So I, yeah. I've, mm-hmm. I'll do a quick, quick, let go of my gecko. Remember those commercials? Mm Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Alex. Sneeze one for me was, uh, uh, and this wasn't until I moved in with my, my now wife, then girlfriend. Uh, but I put on t-shirts super weird, I guess, or just shirts in general <laughs> that aren't button ups. Mm-hmm. Any shirt that has to go over the head to go on. Uh, she makes, she made so much fun of me. Uh, I didn't even, I was like, why, why is this so weird? She's just like, I've never seen anyone put on shirts that way. Uh, I'm not going to do it for you now, but basically it's like, like a lot of people, they put, you start with the feet. All, <laughs> no, they'll put their arms all the way through the sleeves so, uh-huh. until the shirt's here. And then you just lift and put over your head. Mm-hmm. Like that's how almost everyone puts on a shirt. But okay. I like lean over and like put, like hang it down over my whole, like <laughs> it's, it's really hard to explain, but it's from my ha- habit I had as a kid. I had these t-shirts that the labels were printed on the or the tags were like printed on the inside and I could never get it tell which was the front and back of the shirt. So I'd always like look down into the shirt to see which side had the tag <laughs> on it so I could make sure I had the right side on. And I just got into this habit of it. And now I put on shirts super weird uh, that I didn't realize that wasn't normal until my wife just started roasting me. <laughs> and now I put them on like everyone. Now I'm a boring person that puts them on like everyone else. One so, arm at a time. Touche, babe. <laughs> you got me. Did you sneeze it off? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Um, okay. Well, that was fun. Here's the second ordinary things question I have. Okay. Inspired by Kevin's love of cup noodles. Oh, what is your go-to broke slash low cost meal? Either now or at another point in your life. What was your go-to sort of oh. struggle meal, low cost meal? Oh, I need to save some money this week. I'm gonna eat blank. Safeway pizzas. I used to get those in college. They were cheap. They were like seven ninety nine, and I just nursed those for a few days. Just keep the slices piled up, 
Uh, yeah. We were we were talking Pizza, about Trader the Joe's. moon, someone to share it with. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Sean. We were talking about Trader Joe's before before the episode started, um, and that was my go to for a very long time. Was uh, what is it? Fusilli pasta. That's the curly one um, with uh, with the Trader Joe's pesto jar pesto, and then uh, and then a Trader Joe's lager. It was like I, that w- when Ryan and I were in LA and we really had no money. I made that like every single day for the longest time, like to the <laughs> point where it was like I can't, I can't fucking eat another bowl of pasta, another bowl of pesto pasta. Mm. Yep, that's been my meal just since since I was a young young child. I will never. I still eat I bowls of pasta. I'll crush yep. them. I mean, it, and same here, same here. But like specifically, like that, like. Yeah. You know, the Trader Joe's ingredients from TJ's. Yeah. Yeah. Although it's funny. I mean, having been roommates with both of you guys, Sean, you're a pesto guy through and through. And then Alex, you're a red sauce guy. Yeah. Mm. I I do like, I do like pesto too. But yeah, if I'm I'm going going red sauce. But I feel like, well, that was at least when I was your roommate, then that short, you know, wasn't very long. But I felt like I, I would see you make. You know, you come home from from hooping and you make a uh, pasta with red sauce. Those are Dude, I'd make <laughs> the most giant bowls of pasta after basketball. <laughs> yeah, There's so much parmesan on it too. Yeah. Um, this question did make parmesan me think of something that uh, that I that I don't eat anymore and I wouldn't eat anymore. Um, but when I was a kid, my dad invented uh, roni dogs, which was I love it already. His, his his personal invention, which was that I think Kevin Malone would would love, was a hot dog wrapped in a tortilla with cheddar cheese and then microwaved. It was very simple. There you go. Um, not a classic. That sound terrible. That was often that was often a lunch option in in my home growing up. But did you like them when you were a kid? Hot dog Loved them. fingers. Yeah, yeah, that is loved kid. That's kid crack, man. That's yeah, like tortillas, um, hot dogs, cheese. Mm-hmm. You kidding you me? Could, you could maybe, maybe you could do a you know a slightly better version with uh, you know, um, you know, a bratwurst or something like that. I knew that, I knew that word was coming. <laughs> yeah, it, it is to a kid. You're like, hey, kid, you like quesadillas? They're like, yeah. You want a hot dog in your quesadilla? Like, yeah. Are you kidding? How about me? some cheese? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's uh that's uh from Thirty Rock. First you put <laughs> yeah, a hot I know, dog, yeah, fill it with some Jack cheese, <laughs> put it in a pizza. You got cheesy blasters. Yeah. Thanks, well, Meat Cat. Do you that. think he'd buy me mozzarella sticks? Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Hey, well, uh, I'll, I'll chime in with my uh, my my yeah. own, which for me yeah. is ri- rice and eggs. That is the classic. I eat oh, it when nice. when I'm broke. I eat it when I have money. Rice and eggs is, <laughs> is a classic. It's uh, an all time favorite. Yeah, Dude, the rice it is it is so good that you yeah. can't go wrong. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have been a rich man and I have been a poor man, and no matter yeah. what, I eat rice, rice with eggs. eggs. Yeah, it's a staple of uh, this balanced Filipino breakfast. Yeah, oh. <laughs> love it, love it. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Uh, that concludes our Eric, uh, Aaron, and and Kevin episode. <laughs> uh, if if you have a, uh, we didn't do any trivia this week, but if you have any trivia that you'd uh-uh. like to share with us, maybe some Jeopardy style trivia, 
email us at mspodcastcompany at gmail.com. You can also email us maybe some character pairings that we haven't done yet. Uh, we love to do these episodes. Um, you can also give us a call, 503-694-9314. We like to play our voicemails on the show. Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram. We uh, And we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash Michael Scott. You can become a Scott's Top for five bucks a month. Get the mailbag episodes and all that. You know, you heard all that already. It's we've very got, special we've things. We've got like 40, I think 40 now hmm? uh, mailbag episodes. Holy moly. Oh, they're all about twice as, they're like twice as long as our normal episodes. So <laughs> yeah. just, just that's just sitting there for you. Very special thanks to our Scott's Tots for supporting the show. Thank you so much. Special thanks to Kayla and Brianna who run our Discord and to Ryan Lloyd who designs all of our artwork. This episode was recorded on location in Portland, Oregon, USA and Zurich, Switzerland. Thank you for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for spending a little bit of time as we talk about The Office, tell random stories, um, and talk about crazy sneezing habits that we all have. Um, it means the world that we get to keep doing the show, and it's uh, doing entirely because people uh, hang out, support us, listen to us, um, leave us voicemails. I think we're due for a voicemail episode here, guys. It's been a couple just months. Just thinking that. So um, we should tap that. back into the uh, the voicemail bag. So call and leave us a voicemail. Um, but more than anything, just thank you. Uh, we, we love and appreciate you from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, and uh, take care. Stay safe. See you next week. Bibbidi Poppy, give me the Zabba. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hi. 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 You know what? Fine. I try to start fun traditions for you guys, but if you don't want to sing, no traditions. Closing time. Every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. Good night. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.